Hello, I'm Notebond, and I'm doing pixel art also in public space. And you're listening to the SceneWorld Podcast. What's up, everyone? It's the SceneWorld Podcast. I am Derision of RPG and Longshot, and that over there is NAFCOM. It's NAFCOM. Of people of, people of, of liberty. Yeah, he's still in there. And SceneWorld Magazine. There you which go. Which you forgot, because you, I'm a member yes, of SceneWorld Magazine Well, I was just going well. by the demo groups. I was just going by the demo groups I was in. Ah. I left out vandalism as well, because it's not a demo The reason we're going by our handles this time is because in a minute we'll be talking to Demo Scene, The Art of Coding, in which we will be talking to Melkor, Kudrix, Flopine, and Angelo. Who are all nice? That's their demo scene handles. We'll be getting more into who they are, what they're doing, and why this is important um, in a little bit. Uh, before that, I got a couple of pieces of news. Um, nice. Keep so, them coming. Yes, yes. So I will begin with number one is we talked about the Kung Fu, Kung Fu Flash cartridge a while back, a couple podcasts right. ago. I don't know when that right. was exactly. And my gripe was that it was. Um, PAL only. It didn't work on NTSC. Right. Um, well, it is now... There's a new version out. I'm seeing it on the Future Was 8-Bit, which is one of my favorite places. Um, and there is a PAL and an experimental NTSC version. Experimental? Yes. Oh, nice. The, the ex Yes, the NTSC version is experimental. So you can order it now in NTSC. And I'm seeing it also on there's a um, an NTSC version uh, available on eBay uh, from Commodore Forever, so um, which are American, which yes, makes they sense. are American, yes. So um, I don't know how experimental that is. Uh, I don't see anything in the description about it being experimental, but we will put a link in there for where you can find that uh, again, so people can check that out and 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 decide whether they want to get it. Um, because we are seeing world, we are always happy if people decide the NTSC part of the world. Yes, yes exactly. Which is why we are called Scene World. Yes. Um, piece of news number two is um, the C64 Winter Game Development Competition 2020 that we talked about way back when. Uh, and at the time we said there's plenty of time to get your stuff in. People got Not their stuff anymore. in. Yeah, people got their <laughs> stuff in. And... They have announced the winners. Number one, the, nice. the number one is, is called Foldem 2. Nice. This is not at all right. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, no. <clears throat> let, me, let me redo that. Number one. Okay, we have some. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It, no, it's just the way the website is laid out. It makes it look weird. You'd expect it, it's, it's odd. Uh, number one is called Space Planters uh, by Wilfred. Um, Next one is Cheesy Trials. It's kind of a mousetrap game for the VIC-20. Um, after that is Underwater Basket Weaving, also for the unexpanded VIC-20. Um, there's another VIC-20 game for called Rainfall. A lot of VIC-20 things here. Uh, there's a... Yeah, there's a lot of games that have been released. I will punch it in the direction of the, of the, uh, the, the website because... Because um, figuring out exactly the, the website's laid out, laid out a little bit funny, and I'm and and I'm trying to read these off, and and I'm 
I keep we've redone this about seven times now because I keep messing it up. Um, although there was a late entry, um, I want to point out our the deadline was passed, but they allowed Ernst Newbeck to submit his puzzle game Folden Two after the deadline, which has title music by our very own Richard Bayless. Of course, so, I know they are working together. Yes, so that's yeah. pretty cool uh, that our own guys are in there. Um, moving on from that, while we're on the topic of of uh, contests, the 2021 Basic 10-Liner Contest is on. Um, so oh, that's this is, norm- normally something by Dr. Ruro, right? Yes, I perhaps, perhaps it is not this time. Um, not this time, oh my god. The um, and I might actually enter this because basic is one of my jams. So, um, well, it's basic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last year was they had 174 entries. So, that's pretty bitchin'. Um, the the um, it'll, they take entries from all eight bit computer systems. Uh, with the the um the the only um kind of restriction is that it has to be the built-in basic although there are other categories where you can maybe use extra stuff i i yeah yeah the, for the 64 simon's basic was yeah, the shit yeah. back in the day way back in because the day, you yeah. could because you could do um wonderful um drawing cycles and other yeah, stuff right right so so there's a couple of categories one is uh, pure 80 which is to program a game in 10 lines, which is, has a maximum of 80 cal- characters per line with abbreviations allowed, which if you're, if you're programmed in basic on the C64, you know that you can break that 80 character, um, limit by abbreviating when you do the coding. Um, and it, although in that category, the only the factory built in basic variants are allowed. Um, then there's the character, the category. Uh, pure 120, which is to program a game in 10 lines with a maximum of 120 characters per line, abbreviations allowed. Then there's the extreme 256, which is to program a game in 10 lines with 256 characters per line. And then the character, the category, I keep saying character, the category shall, which is to code a program in 10 lines. Uh, the program could be a demo, a tool, or an application. Nice. So that's there. We'll put a link to where you can check out the rules to that. And finally, today, the last piece of news I got is that Matthew Clark has been developing a new golf game for the C64 called Top Hole Golf. And the source code is open. It's open source um, and is hosted on GitLab. Nice. So there's a lot of customization. You can change gender, skin color, no, different clothes for your characters. Um, you can do a single screen game session. You can assign joysticks one or two to any players. There's a lot of, of stuff you can do with this. Um, you know, you actually could make a drinking game every time I say nice in this news. Yes, bit. yes. I Honestly, you don't need to be here. I, all I need to do is just have a recording of you saying nice. And then just just pepper that throughout the uh, second audio track, and it would be perfect. Nice. And then yeah. then, you, <laughs> then, then you alter the pitch a bit. Nice. 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 Exactly. Nice. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. So so the game is already playable, and it looks complete, but there's no background music. 
but that could be a design choice, uh, says vintage is the new old, because golf matches are generally not particularly noisy. I would totally dick a brawler kicking game track while I'm golfing when and getting a hole in all Matt, in one. Man, you've never played ultimate. You never played Ultimate Miniature Golf. My friends and I, when we were younger, we invented a game called Ultimate Miniature Golf, which which took which took miniature golf and incorporated hockey rules. Wow! So there was like like everybody was was basically playing at once, and there was there was checking and 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 potentially fights, and right. yes, full contact, extreme miniature golf. It wow. was, yeah, it was and pretty And now pair that with Samantha Fox Trip Poker. Yes. And then, then you have a game for all kinds of customers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So that's what I got. Um, we'll make this one. Yeah, this is a pretty quick uh, news thing. We got a lot of, we got a couple of podcasts coming out kind of in rapid succession. So we're, we're, we are um, saving Pumping. some news. Yeah, we're not we're yeah. not we're not going full on with the news sections because we need something for next week, or or in two days from now. So um, that's what we've got right now. Uh, so nice. Why don't we go now? And since we've talked Listen. for several minutes, yeah. and go talk to Demoscene, our my my peoples, my 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 my. Uh, my background. We've been fighting to get the demo scene. I've been fighting to get the demo scene since we started this. Yeah, damn I mean, podcast. we had some appointments, but there were some last second yeah. pullings from the appointments. What yeah. can you do? Yeah, but now finally we're talking to demo coders. But demo but hey, people. I mean, I mean, at least at least we got the Russian demo scene, guys. Mm-hmm. So. It's not like we never spoke about the demo scene, right? True, but not true. from the European standpoint. Yes. And now we have Poland, uh, um, Germany, Switzerland, and France. Yes. Next will be the U.S. Eventually, we'll get some of my my own very own American brethren, possibly group mates in this group in this thing to talk about the American demo scene because that would be awesome. Perhaps. Because we live in a little bubble of our own here in the U.S. and. And Canada, and Canada, mm. North America, and TSE land. It would be nice. So to let's jump. Let's jump to the big yes. bubble then, and mm. let's talk to them. Today, we are having another interview round with a lot of guests today, and that would be from the demo scene, and hence we are going with demo scene handles this time. So we have Angelo from Poland. We have um, Flopine from France. We have Tobias, um, Melkor, and Kutrex from Germany. So nice to meet you all, guys. Happy to be here. And nice. Of course, and of course, that's that's Nafcom from Germany as well, and I'm Derision from the U.S. But exactly, we're, we're, we're not exactly. the we're not the ones being interviewed. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Alrighty. So we are talking to ba- today about this broad topic, art of coding. And um, we actually we actually mentioned this uh, briefly in one of our earlier pop- uh, episodes in the news section that you are trying to make the demo scene 
and UNESCO versus thing, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes, a, a UNESCO intangible cultural heritage. First in one country and then in more countries and then hopefully, uh, yeah, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. And I guess all our guests are involved in this process from the different uh, perspectives countries, right? Right. Nice. Yeah. So, is everybody a coder? That's my, my question here. Guilty as charged. Okay. I'm a coder, yeah. And what can I, can I what machine And, Andre you are you are as well right not, not really I'm I'm uh, I'm an IT guy at heart okay but from an education I'm I'm from a different sector so I'm I'm into business administration so I have a PhD in business oh okay <laughs> well. still I'm a, I'm a I'm a IT guy at heart I have uh, done a lot of coding on the C64 in my early childhood basically so well then you're a coder uh, man then then you yeah, you, well, you, you definitely qualify cuz i i'm a i was a coder on the 64 getting there on the amiga uh what what machines are you guys like you just said you you you, you Andre you're a, you were a C64 coder yeah well i've i've a couple of things in my in my archive so to say so i try to to boot them up once in a while mm -hmm. um i actually from from the time perspective i have not too much uh, freedom to go into uh, uh, into coding and and stuff like that uh, these days i usually try to make myself useful in promoting uh, the initiative art of coding in um, conferences or in articles and stuff like that but uh, if i have some some time again i will definitely go back to to some some coding probably most probably on the c64 i have i have a couple of those um, lined up awesome. and uh, they are always ready to be he worked on yeah nice so how 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 about the others what's your platform uh i'm a pc coder and also a bit of assembly on game boy oh awesome game boy oh yeah. there we go there i tried go. to at least <laughs> awesome demo productions yes uh i've never shipped it one day i hope but yeah i i uh i started a demo on game boy hmm Nice, nice. <laughs> Release it on cartridge someday. Yeah. <laughs> I hope to, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Nice. So how about the others? So um, I, I started at ZX Spectrum um, at late 80s, uh, but it wasn't really demo scene. It was just programming. Um, and uh, then since... Like 91 to most Polish demosceners' uh, despair, um, I'm actually pure PC. I oh. never had an Amiga stage. Oh. Um, so, yep, that's, that's, that's just PC all, all the way. Never too late, finally, man. Finally, I'm not alone. I also skipped the Amiga. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on my end, actually, Amiga was my main main part where, where I felt home. I mean, I. I was a little bit too young for the full C64. I mean, yes, I joined the scene in 91, 92 and played games like in the 80s, but it, um, yeah, for, for, so my main time was really Amiga, but actually I wasn't a coder. I mean, I learned Pascal and stuff like in school and mm -hmm. like, 
couple of things in that direction, but um, I was first a modem trader, so and then like phone freaking, that that kind of stuff, so the fun stuff till 94, because mm -hmm. 94 was like the time when many of my friends got also busted and people were yeah checking like... Um, uh, we're checking like the, the legal challenges and also mm -hmm. the scene was splitting around that time from the illegal times or at least mostly. Mm -hmm. So around 94, that was like in Germany, it was like Zebit. That's, that's where when many people were busted at home and that was also where, where actually our group, Howjob, uh, which which was founded in 94, was uh, going fully um was a fully full demo scene group, so completely not illegal. And the group before I joined was Agnostic Front, and that was mostly a mix of Cracker Group and uh, also intros, yeah, intros demos a little bit. Now you said that you were you were taught Pascal at school. Did you actually learn Pascal? I mean, I learned it. I learned it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yes. Being taught and learning, oh yeah, big difference. Because Story I, they, of my life, they taught me Pascal in school as well, and I no, uh, 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 I can assembly language on a C sixty four, not a problem. I can I can do that with my eyes closed. Pascal, Actually, I was, mm. yeah. Although, I was to be to be perfectly honest, yeah. uh, the T Vision UI library was by far the best UI library I've ever done anything until, like quite recently to be honest <laughs> that's, that's amazing but in the end i never really applied it as a coder that's mm. that's that's true so i was always from the early days on i was always the guy who was inviting seniors to the basement in my parents and where we gathered etc and it was in the end all this okay i i just enjoyed always to be around people who are creative and who are from different domains and come together and actually that role in in the in the scene also developed actually into a job later on so hmm. I, I now work on conferences with game developers actually bringing developers together cool. so but that started really in a demo scene so the mindset and the people around very nice. It's interesting that, that that you mentioned the split and the changing of the of the demo scene. I mean, if you look at the demo scene groups I remember as a kid, there are not many on the Commodore 64 at least that are still around from the old days. One example would be Triad, that I remember as a kid, a, a trading cracked games from Triad with that um, well effective intro you know um in front of the games but they are still around nowadays mainly doing demos you know um but but many other groups from the early days um that were into crack cracking and stuff they are not really in, around anymore there must have been a cut well somewhere. yeah because a lot of people got 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 snagged I remember back in, uh, yeah, I guess it was 90, uh, mid-90s, I guess, you know, people were just, I worked on a disc mag that, that ended because the main guy got busted for, for cracking games. Uh, probably different story everywhere, but um, uh, an open secret, I guess, is that in Poland, um, the, at least two major game companies were founded by the people that uh, were at the computer fairs um, tra trading uh, games in the uh, 90s. So 
they're doing good. Yeah, I think this this also shows the the constant evolution the seniors undergoing. I think this what you just pointed out is one of the major tipping points. Even though this uh, may have uh, even occurred gradually, that it, it's coming from this uh, so illegal kind of mode mm. to to more artsy and and cultural mode. And uh, I think this was also not something that came came overnight and people just decided, well, we now switch the sides and just do the art stuff. It kind of um, evolved. And this was was one of the one of the areas um, where it basically became from the the, the cracker scene, the, the demo scene. But maybe uh, Melkor can add some some more context to that, because I think there is also lots of publications uh, from a scientific point of view. That have that are exactly dealing with that um, with that evolution of the scene, and this is also what what makes it uh, makes it so valuable for us as the Art of Coding initiative that we can in fact show that this has been around for quite a while and has its uh, has a heritage of its own and has now transitioned to something completely different and is and is so inclusive and multicultural, which uh, which uh, was not foreseeable at the point when it was basically invented. Yeah, I think the important thing is really that that it's if you understand something as a culture, then it means it's living, breathing, it's changing, it's it has many forms, and that's I think as as we are now talking about the scene, what's something which was super important for us in the beginning, from the beginning on, was we don't define the scene because the scene is decentral, it's self-organized. Every senior has a different history, actually in each country, in each group even. I don't, I mean, just one example, our group Howjob was part Finnish, part German, at least, and then many, many other members in France and Hungary, um, many other countries. But our story, if you tell if, if you tell our story or we tell our story, <laughs> it's completely different if, if compared to the story of TSI members. And even the TSI members have all different stories in the scene. And so this is super important because it was when we started this initiative um, to bring the demo scene or enlist it on UNESCO cultural heritage, there was, at least from some seniors, there was a disc, the the concern that we might try to define and put it into a box and uh, put it into a yeah into in a museum in the sense that it's it's done its history but that's super important also to to UNESCO actually that they say no we uh, actually wanna it, it has to be a living breathing thing it might have some age issues but uh, it is a living, breathing thing. It's renewing itself. And that's what also is one of the thoughts why UNESCO has even these applications. Actually, they want to help cultures or cultural forms, which are maybe at risk to lose its preservation or to lose its culture, to help that a little bit via visibility. I mean, we come to that probably in a second or later on. I mean, I mean, I mean, what what I've noticed from my point of view when I had this idea of doing this scene world thing 21 years ago, um, we we had at back then we had a guest book and suddenly we had guest book entries from somebody in Peru, and he was like, "Wow, finally somebody is doing something to unite the European slash Canadian." Um, American demo scene into one thing, and at, at this point, I 
before that, I I even didn't know that the Commodore 64 was a thing in Peru. I I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware, and the internet didn't have much information, uh, let alone in Spanish or English. Um, mainly, it was in Spanish, even if there was something, you know. Um, so this is how we got our graphic guy from Peru because he was finding us on the internet um, at 21 years ago, and and he is a member ever since. So. That was quite nice. I mean, I mean, so we we usually have um, um, represented here France, Poland, Germany, which are among the three big European demo scenes. But I would wonder, have you thought about approaching, you know, the border demo scenes that is not much known of, like Peru or Russia? I, I would argue that Russian Democene is not really border. I mean, uh, they do have their uh, flavor, um, and it goes back to post-Soviet bloc and Soviet bloc and, 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 and the fact that uh, the Spectrum is basically the, um, uh, I guess, the most popular platform. Um, yeah. But it also goes back to the fact that it was easy to assemble. Um, like, they had even bigger issues that we had in Poland. Um, you know, Kokomo, the uh, embargo on, on computers to, to the Soviet bloc. Um, the, uh, in Poland, well, Poland never really obeyed laws uh, too much. So, um, so we got our, our uh, way around this, this embargo and we had computers in, in the 80s. Uh, in in um, Russia, it was harder. So the, 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 the fact that the spectrum was they they were able to assemble it um, from parts that they were able to get was was significant, uh, but the scene is strong there, and they actually did a lot of in terms of preservation of uh, the spectrum scene. Like even uh, uh, even the spectrum scene in Poland right now uh, reaches out to uh, the research that the Russian guys did. So um, it's pretty strong there. Wow. And in terms of reaching out to, I mean, to fringes, it's it's not, it's always tricky if you define something as fringe because then you define yourself or another country as the core, right? So you can say there are some, of course, there are some countries where there have been definitely more releases. But honestly, if I look on Pue and would go through all these countries, I would see so many countries, I had no clue about that stuff was happening there, right? So uh, I think this is, and yeah, this is like a tricky part to, to define it that way. And um but it's also a a process point of view, right? I mean, uh, Switzerland, for example, it's it's, it's hard to get the uh, the application uh, through the process in Switzerland. Um, in Hungary, there's there's some reservations um, as to the uh, relations with um, the officials, etc. Right? Because you need to have a good um, good communication path with uh, the officials in your country, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a, a little bit of a co-representative for Switzerland here. So I'm even though I'm German, I'm a member of Echtzeit Digitale Kultur, which is a Swiss organization for the demo scene folks there. Um, we were, in fact, uh, we had plans to re uh, revitalize the Bünzli demo party this year under the label of Mountain Bites, which was supposed to be happening this very month. 
However, due to the external circumstances, which must not be named, mm-hmm. uh, we have postponed to next year. So the Swiss scene is quite active. I'm, I'm, um, I'm in touch with, with, with all the lead figures there and uh, everything is culminating around Echtzeit and uh, people are, 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 are involved in, in all the matters. So we are in fact also working on the UNESCO application from, from Switzerland. And uh, in fact, due to the fact that we have advertised uh, the Mountain Bites uh, demo party, we have uh, gained a lot of uh, traction and new members uh, being flooded into Echtzeit. So we, we hopefully have some more hands to now work on, on the proposal. So there's, there's great work going on. And uh, in fact, there are uh, very early uh, coders in the demo scene and even... Um, malware programmers uh, have roots in Switzerland. So <laughs> if you if you look into some of right. the, the stuff that was uh, uh, in, in viruses on Amiga, uh, some of it uh, even has its roots in Switzerland. So oh, yes, this may I, not be widely known. So. <laughs> oh, yes, I already, already did an interview about this topic, um, an historical interview about this topic. Uh, with somebody from uh, with the graphic with the graphic artist from Switzerland, so and we all covered this whole Amiga virus story already. How how it came to be, how it happened to be. So, um, but of course, of course, um, I, I I was aware that there are demo scene parties and stuff in in other countries. Actually, um, one of the main organizers of the party in France some, I don't know, 16 years ago when I was unemployed, she really tried to get me there. I'm like, yay, I'm unemployed. I don't really have the financial backup to travel anywhere. And she was like, yeah, we would even we would even pay a plane ticket. Like, uh, no, no, no. She said, uh, uh, yeah, right, a plane ticket. I was like, ah. yeah, anyway. And, and, and at some point I got an invitation to a demo scene party in Moscow. So... I was aware that there's something going on, but but I mean but I mean anyway from the average uh, demo sceneer or for for the average retro um, fan, it's not like it's not like you could say out of your head name a known uh, Russian demo scene group or um, name a Russian uh, demo party. It's not like you would um, Russia would be number what would be among the first five countries or places you would connect a demo scene with at least that's my perspective i don't know how you see it aj no i i I agree there's a lot of places where where um the demo scene is not um you don't see anything really from them you know like 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 japan japan was you know the c64 what lived in japan the amiga lived in japan uh, it's an NTSC scene, you know, similar to the U.S., and yet I've seen nothing. I've never seen a demo from Japan. I've never seen any Japanese demo groups, and you know, and and or any kind of culture like that there. And the same thing with with Russia. You know, it's until we stumbled across it, I didn't know anything <laughs> about about which which uh, was know. funny. Which was funny because. Um, um, we we wrote to Yandex and Yandex is like writing writing to Google and asking hey like hey we saw you you run a museum can we interview you and they were like yes of course we want to reach out outside of Russia and there there you have it you know um, so um, 
that that was quite quite interesting. But prior to this point, um, I didn't even know there was something in in Peru. And um, so, I, I think I think if you want to make this as UNESCO thing, you really should include perhaps those places um, that are generally normally left out for some reason, like like, like the United States. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say yeah, that. Well, the United States uh, has a scene as well, right? But it's 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 it not does. so visible to to be be uh, a little bit discreet about the domination, which, which surprises me because you know in its heyday, uh, you know, like I'm still in touch with a lot of NTSC guys, and there's still a lot of activity in the NTSC world. It's just for some reason we always were considered a little bit behind everybody else. And but especially in the BBS times, I mean, mm -hmm. most, many, 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 many of the big, big, big BBSs were in the US. That's right. why you needed the calling cards and the right. phone freaking and all of that. Because mm -hmm. it was just impossible as, an, as a I was to told it. this project is a waste of time. I shouldn't even try because yeah. there's nothing going on in America. Mm -hmm. Well, you have um, Synchrony, right? I I, I, th I was tempted on going to Synchrony, which because it's so compelling to do a train ride from yeah. a major city in the US to Canada and then back. I, I love that idea, but yeah. it didn't work out. I think I was tempted in 2019, but, I, but, but it just didn't work and out. I think that's the only demo scene, uh, the only demo party that we have in the US. Everything else well, is, we're big on like, like, like user group meetings where there's like, a um there's oh. a mac fest as well it's it's not the purely demo scene as a gaming festival but it, it has the the demo scene party uh part on, on mm. top of it so mm. yeah i think that's that's also common i don't know i want don't want to call it misconception but i think it's it's different communities are mm -hmm. uh, the retro computing folks and the demo sceners so yeah. the demo sceners are applying the technology still while the retro community celebrate the technology the technology as such and want to to keep it up and running and, and fool around with it mm -hmm. so i think it's even even though they are kind of related oh, yeah. i consider them to be different communities and uh, um, the demo scene is obviously those who who still apply the the old school tech and and also the new school so maybe we want to talk about that as well a bit so that we have different yeah. kind of uh, um, uh, generations of demo seniors also that that kind of uh, make use of different types of technology yeah so I being think. being maybe the 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 shader coding is one of the top-notch things that is fairly new so maybe flopine can can fill us in on on how that works yeah she actually wanted to say something That's anyway right. because you started saying something yeah, I just wanted to go to go back a little bit about the Japanese demo scene. Mm -hmm. uh, you have the Tokyo Demo Fest, which is quite big there, oh. and uh, you have a lot of demo sceners, like Japanese demo sceners, who, in my opinion, make really, really good content. You have, for example, FMS Cat. Uh, which is also someone who can uh, see on the Shader Royale, for example, or Shader Showdown. And ironically, I think the pandemic helped us seeing more people, more nationalities uh, with the shipping shipped demos. Because, like for example, at Revision 2020, which was the, the big one, and that was online, uh, everyone could participate because no one could be on yeah. on site. So we even had 
uh, shipping from IQ, for example, which uh, is now living in the US, so he never came back to the demo scene, kind of, but right with the pandemic, at least, <laughs> we can't gather physically, but we opened up to a lot of new people that known about the demo scene but couldn't afford going there and right. shipping something. Right. Yeah, we, we, we did that with... Uh, we Good had point. Gamescom earlier in the year, which is not, you know, demo scene based, but it's, you know, it's a big convention in Germany that, that Jörg's been trying to get me to go to for, for years now, but, you know, it's just, a, you know, flight and the cost is prohibitive. And uh, this year I actually got to, to go there even though I was sitting right here uh, but you know, it's it, it it is it has been good for for bringing people together in that way to include people that normally couldn't get there, and also because people have nothing to do, so it's like you're sitting in your house. Oh, do some demo stuff. <laughs> but we found out online streaming is not less stressful. It's it different not. kind of stress. It is. It's oh, a different, different kind of stress. As an organizer, I can 100% say it's uh, it's definitely not less less work because especially digital events because usually also for a demo party right usually when you open the doors then mm -hmm. you still have to maintain and host but in the end the magic happens by itself yeah but online you have to do every bit every bit you have to communicate you have to make clear look here look there you have to move your audiences around you have to ping and it's uh it's beautiful in terms of regional diversity that's definitely a re super big chance uh, of these these days and times it's also in game dev not only in the demo scene um but yeah, the, the mental and uh, emotional strain, how much it costs also to do, to be present remotely, mm -hmm. is also not to be uh, neglected. Also for organizers, that's true. Mm. But I'm um, also maybe um, in the French scene, uh, how is like the status there? How's, there are still parties, so it's actually a pretty active scene, or how would you describe it at the moment? Um, I know for sure from uh, other people that told me that the French demo scene is quite asleep, kind of, like at least in its own country. <laughs> we we go to other demo parties organized, for example, in Germany, because it's like the, the door next. Yeah, you can <laughs> the drive next there, door. yeah. Yeah, totally. Or take a train or whatever. And uh, so in France, we have maybe two or three demo parties a year. We have the VIP in Lyon, near Lyon. And we have the Al Alchemy. Alchemy in French, but, well, you know. <laughs> and the main demo party, right? No, the main is not happening anymore, unfortunately. Ah. And in Paris, with uh, the organization I'm in, the Cookie Collective, we often, we try to organize at least once a year a digital art festival inspired by demo parties, but without the competitive component of it. So to, to, to kind of open the, the demo scene and the demo party to, to more people from different uh, perspectives, because so we, we display demos oh. and people can go there and and give us something to display as a demo but we just don't vote we don't have vote systems ah. 
and okay. stuff like that. So not not competitive. It's more like you project a lot of stuff on walls and you invite friends to do installation, real-time installation, and all of those combining to what, what we call the digital art festival kind of. Uh, well, we cookies, also... interesting. cookies sound like food for some yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it it just came out as uh, you know the cookies you have when you visit a website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, I yeah. know. That, that's just that's... that actually. But oh. we we when Cookie Demo when Cookie Collective organized the demo party because before going for the digital art festival uh, way of doing it, we organized real demo party with competition. We had uh, a food uh, compo. Well, we could you you can brought like I don't know macaroons or whatever something you cook for everyone. And, uh... I mean, I mean, I mean the name cookies. It implies ideas, you know. Like today we have our guest star, the Cookie Monster from the Sesame Street or something. <laughs> I would <laughs> we, totally we... love what? that, you know. We could think or something like that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, as a vegetarian, I'm also a little bit tired of the bratwurst competition every oh. time at Evoke. So, <laughs> as lovely as it is, but uh, actually, it's a good inspiration maybe for the next physical edition. Yeah, food, food combo is just more I, global I and can brought vegan stuff or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, I remember. I remember. Um, the um, at Tum party, I was usually at the Tum party. It was like barbecue uh, meat hmm. competition or something and uh, and then uh, wow that well, um, happened under, around a fire and so stuff and everybody meat, meat and beer is like like every demo party that i i, I see it's like i never yeah. i've never gotten to go to one and it's like but every time i it's just like like beer and meat and it's like oh but, my god the, the fireplace the, yeah but like, this is like a the, prejudice actually yeah, like the like the <laughs> like the, the the fart bubble above that place must be tremendous <laughs> If you if you go to a revision these days, if if, if it uh, happens physically again, I think the most popular food stand is uh, the vegan vegetarian uh, stand. Awesome! So you yeah, would be surprised they're... they have vegan burgers, which are absolutely really? stunning. They and... are wrapped. <laughs> so... Oh gosh, they are awesome! Absolutely <laughs> awesome! And that uh, under construction, well, the ultimate meeting party, it's um, it's usually a schnitzel contest. Like the yeah, Cordo Bleu said. contest. Uh, so that's very, very yes. famous. As, as I said, I remember that one. Yeah, I remember that one. And, and it, was, big... it was always uh, donated by the guy from the Bünzli party from Switzerland. I, I forgot his name. Probably Unlock, Andre. Unlock, Unlock, Unlock. He's the president of Echtzeit. So. Oh. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yes, Unlock is also uh, helping like the Swiss application and uh, involved into the um, mountain bikes, etc. Also, to, to moving over the stick to the next generation in a sense. So he has been running stuff for many, many, many years together with Fred and some other people. And of course, it's, that's, that's really what it's also about, right? To have also generational changes and that there's... I mean, the old people still coming and also celebrating the old, the, the way how we've been celebrating. That's it's not either or, right? And that, yeah. but also yes, now there's also a vegan burger possible <laughs> without being screamed at. Uh, so. And Switzerland and Germany have cross-country collaborations. So um, another very active uh, HZ member is Shana. Hmm. She is uh, she has actually uh, done uh, great support for Art of Coding. 
I think she translated the whole German application in an English version so that that uh, others can also learn um, learn from the from the German application for the UNESCO. So I think that that uh, that shows that the collaboration is is going going back and forth and between the communities and countries. Yeah. And Jörg, if, if, if I may add, as you, as you have been asking about the fringes or mentioning, the process in a sense is it's not that we pick the countries where the application is happening. So mm -hmm. it's it's more the other way around. We we gathered a group in Germany and in Finland to to begin with to kickstart something, to mm -hmm. write the first application, etc. And then And at the same time, while we were writing these applications and gathering the first groups and went to the first demo parties to tell about this, um, it was really, it's really important that in all countries, people are volunteering by themselves to, uh, to gather a group of people around to do the application on behalf of their own scene. And of course, the demo scene is one scene so there's not i mean it, there's the demo scene right and there is many demo scenes but um how unesco works is really they think in countries mm. so you apply in poland you apply in germany you apply in switzerland and for that they need also to you need to be justified that you are from the let's say from the hungarian scene if you want to do a scene in hungary and that makes total sense because it's about the culture right not about an institution who puts applications everywhere mm -hmm. so if there's people in uh, russia or in um Peru was the other country. Peru, Peru that's a great, great example. Or, um, yeah, exactly, in countries where we don't know, but also uh, in Sweden, there's no active uh, group right now. There's people who are interested, um, but definitely join join our Discord, join the country uh, groups where people are gathering. And then if there's a critical mass, some momentum uh, starts happening, people start gathering and then um, start to start running like applications in the countries so you mean you mean i sh i should i should um get people in touch with you from from those countries well if, I'm, i mean I'm, yes if, i'm fascinated if by this because i don't know if we're doing if it if if such a thing has been done in, in the u.s as far as you know applying for that and and it's like that is totally something that because demos i've always looked at them as it's 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 art it's an art medium And that's you know it is people it is. people you know would would ask me why are you keeping these old machines you know sitting in your in your room and it's like well because you know it, it that's just the 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 tool that I use to create something you know and it's it's it doesn't matter if it's a pencil or paint or whatever it's like this is art and and this crusty old yellowed C sixty four behind me is just how I get there you know mm -hmm. and and. But a lot of people sort of dismiss that as like, eh, it's just, you know, you're you're playing with an old computer or something. It's like, no, well, it's more than that. You know, it's... It's, <laughs> it, it's even more than you say, because uh, when you think of it, um, it's 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 an actual culture, right? right. I mean, yes. uh, the demo scene, uh, especially that um, we, we, like, um, in, in Poland, we had to, well, we had to, uh, we wanted to as well. Um, We formed a, a association. Uh, it's called Committed Społeczny in, in, in Polish. So it's a, a little less than association, um, but it's like a more formal body that, that, that we started started to, to apply uh, to UNESCO. Mm -hmm. And um, we also do a bit of historical research. 
uh, it started off uh, as a um, kind of background for a an application uh, to have more content for the application, but then it, it it's uh, ended up being a pillar on its own, uh, and it's it's fun. But one of the things we um, struggle with, in a way, is uh, the, the 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 borderline uh, where, where to draw this line in the sand uh, when a scene actually starts and where a pre-scene environment is, right? Because if you if you look at it. Uh, the first productions were uh, ripped music. Um, the only, the only, uh, the, there were some code. The, they were done by uh, single authors. Um, many, many C64 productions, many Spectrum productions uh, were just coder plus some ripped music plus some ripped graphics, um, and they were released somewhere, right? Out, uh, out to uh, the uh, computer fairs, uh, spread it. There was no um, demo parties. There were no, no competitions, right? So where the scene starts. Uh, but when you think of uh, the scene right now, and at least since like 91, I think the, the well, in Poland, we tend to say it's 87, uh, but the first the, the demo party that had actual voting, which is also funny, like when 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 do you start counting demo parties, right? Uh, because we had right. like computer gatherings uh, or computer fun gatherings in eighties and and early nineties, but um, we right now we consider the first demo party to be in ninety one because that was a event that had a big well not big screen because it was an Amiga, but it had like a central computer that you played demos on and there was actual voting. So when you think of demo scene, you, you have this uh, those rituals, right, uh -huh. which uh, tell us apart from different um, uh, cultures that, for example, every participant votes on a production, right? You, you usually don't have that in, in other places. You have like a uh, body of qualified judges or, or something like that. Um, also, you have your own vocabulary. Right, uh, which is one of the um, uh, one of the uh, requirements for being considered a culture uh, per UNESCO application, right? You mean like Shrekmo, Mega Demo, for example, lamers, ice coding, <laughs> lamers, yeah, lamers. So there's there's a lot of uh, a lot to it actually. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, I mean, really, really um, quick before you say anything, Jörg, uh, yeah, sure. my, my, my dog is can hear your dog through the uh, headphones, <laughs> apparently, and he's he's very interested. Okay, that that might be a reason why she started uh, <laughs> barking a little. <laughs> <laughs> We can make a pot, uh, a pet yes, podcast yes. episode yes. at some point. Yes, just interviewing your pets. And, uh... <laughs> well, I've done it. I've done that. Oh, okay. We haven't we haven't released it, but I, I've done it. Oh, of course, of anyway, course. Anyway, what were you going to say, Eric? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I just saw as an example that there, for example, there was one guy in in Peru that kept the demo scene parties together in Lima. You know, he was organizing all those uh, little meetings, parties where people would gather. And then he died because of an accident. And then 
the meeting scene kind of tried out. And uh, that is why I why I kept asking this question, are you planning to include border countries? Because at at some some places like Peru, if there's one person holding the line and he disappeared and suddenly things are fading away. And I think it's it's always a shock if in a country the culture is fading away. I don't like that. Yeah. You know? That's that's one of the, if you look about why or what's the benefits of this application, that's one of the things, of course, it is a living, breathing culture, but people also retire, are not coming back, throw their discs away. I mean, the whole discussion of bit rot and so all yeah. that, what the preservation and museum has seen us seen culture community is the right word has as problems and as challenges and is tackling counts even more for the demo scene because it was so invisible in some regards so i had no idea about peru so on, but on the other hand it's also clear that we are i mean we are not scientists right so we are not <laughs> writing the official history sure. of the sure. scene um, some of us if it works in our country or it's important for whoever is doing that application so for example as Andre uh, they are gathering a strong group to to think about the history of the scene in the country you can say more about that yourself but for for us as a as art of coding at least it is more this decentral approach let's 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 tackle UNESCO. Let's tackle traditional cultural institutions with what about digital culture, right? That hasn't never been, um, there's never been an application successful so far from a digital culture. There was a there was a community around Wikipedia who was trying to build some momentum, mm -hmm. but they didn't apply. And, and at least not that we know, right? And so this is more about, yeah, let's, let's, Let's see how far we can bring the discourse and also see what the impact can be on the scene in terms of in attracting new people and the heritage. And, and I mean, I mean, attracting new people. Florine, from what I from what I've read, you are kind of one of those that came in later, if I'm not mistaken. So perhaps let's talk about the perspective. What was your reason to um, to join? the old heritage of demosceners? Well, um, actually, uh, I think, unfortunately, and I hope it will change soon, that as many women in the demo scene, I, uh, I came with my boyfriend. <laughs> I was brought to the demo scene by my, uh, the, my boyfriend at that time. And uh, I, I was already doing some uh, studies on 3D and code, like, but more about video games and stuff like that, like you know, Unity and Red Engine, etc., um, to prepare for a career. <laughs> and uh, and I I, uh, I just thought, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's go. And uh, he brought me to Revision 2016, and uh, I I, uh, I got hooked. Uh, I can't explain why. I uh, I think I um I felt like like home a bit like instantly. Um, so yeah, that, that's how I came to this oldish thingy. But uh, 
I think I was also interesting by that because I'm uh, I'm the last of a f- a brotherhood of three, and my two brothers are very very aged compared to me. So at at home we already had like Game Gear and stuff like that from my brothers, and uh, I I also evolved in the love of computers and. Well, old machine, kind of like, for example, for me, Game Gear is old. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. But you, I mean, you joined, but you took the stage pretty quickly, and you also became a role model for uh, for women in the scene, right? For I, I uh, hope. pretty pretty soon soon on as so. well. <laughs> yeah, two two years later. Uh, just yeah. So yeah, I I, uh, I I went to this event because of my boyfriend. But yeah, I I had the chance to to be around a good community. Like the French demo scene community is really super. I I don't know as much as I know about the French about the others, you know. But <laughs> at least the French community was super welcoming and supportive. So I, I I got the chance to do my own stuff in that co- mainly oh. men community. Well, you had a better start than myself. When I joined in 98, when I was 16, I was told many times, I'm too young and have nothing Dude, to, uh, man, I have nothing to when bring I, to when the When I table. joined in like 92, I, they, they told That's me sad. I was too young and... and I was just a kid and couldn't do anything. So I mean, I think this is like just just a uh, universal. Everyone's old too young. people say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm glad it changes because, for example, one of the uh, uh, best uh, 4K coders this last year is Slurpy, in my opinion. He was uh, even. Uh, uh, en- enrolled in Alcatraz, and I think at that time he was 17 or something like that. Wow. Oh. It's it's interesting because um, nowadays we have those interviews and people ask me, how did you get them? And I'm, I'm like, I asked. Yeah, we want to talk. We are nice. We are friendly. We want to well, open, I think. I, 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 so, uh, as yeah. I talk with a lot of demo sinners, during interviews or even on Discord channels or stuff, we I think we all want to be more open and mm-hmm. we all want to share our love for coding, making art with machine, and and uh, being good or bad at it. We don't. That's not the most important part in this last uh, the last years. I think just right. just sharing and having fun and and. Getting together with people that understand your passion. That is a big difference that I have seen in the last, I'd say, 10 years or so of the demo scene, which is that um, I, I think it was in 2014 or maybe earlier than that, I put out a demo, my first demo in years. I hadn't coded for a long time. Yeah. And um, it wasn't it wasn't good. Um because you know, I, I was way out of practice. I just wanted to use up some logos I had laying around from from years ago. So, I sat down and I spent you know a, a day or two putting this thing together, and I released it. And um, back in 1998, I would have been, I would have been crucified for putting this out, 
because it was literally it was two <laughs> logos in a scroll text that, and some music. That's all it was. It was just it, I I just want to use the pictures. They've been sitting on a disc for years, you know. Uh, but but now everyone's like, great to see you back. Yeah, cool old school demo. All this stuff, and it's like not old school. It's just bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, I mean, we had a similar experience last year with our last disc Mac issue. We had so little amount of text yeah. because people were dropping out because of Corona, of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I have to focus on family and and stuff. I can't, I can't provide anything. And we released it, and people were like, yeah, another disc Mac issue. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's small. It has way less text than usual but people are still celebrating it like yeah, yeah. But, it's, well, but it's great it's great you release something anything yeah, because it's well, better than nothing the... i think yeah. you know like the the same what happened to peru if the scene there is really unfortunately dead but we don't well, know not, but not maybe that, but i would say the leader of the uh, of the push forward has well, I well, think I think that a lot of the 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 culture of the, the the culture itself has changed because back back when it was largely competitive and you know people fighting with each other over you know stealing routines and this and that and it was it, it could be a very toxic environment and in the, in yep. the past few years sort of, I think everyone has sort of realized that you know we're kind of a unique culture and it's it's there's not well, many of us in the work, I, you know. I don't want to make it shallow, but um, uh, it also has to do with the fact, I guess, that we were uh, all 17 males yes, back yes. then. That's and true. That's true as well. Up. That's also true. <laughs> and there wasn't that much exposure. I mean, it's, of course, nowadays the, there's much more exposure to cultural changes as mm-hmm. if you took a bus, drove to Denmark. Yeah. have been partying for three days straight in, in a place and then went back. I'm not to not to say that there I mean it has been extremely competitive for sure. Mm. I mean all the debates between the groups, the dissing, the whole it was, sometimes it was playful competition but sometimes it was serious competition. Um, I think for people who wanted to learn, there was always this thing, yes, you could approach someone and to find out how a code works, mm-hmm. etc. But as 16-year-olds, oftentimes that was definitely f- yeah. out of the question oh, yeah, to, right. to lose this pride. So there was, I think, yeah. But this is like the part where the different parts of the culture definitely are to be discussed uh, by historians and also for us what what values do we provide what mm-hmm. values do we stand for each of us individually nowadays mm-hmm. and how may they differ from what what we were part of 20 years ago or 10 years ago um, I think that's super clear I mean you've seen all the changes in tech culture or still to be done cult changes mm-hmm. in tech culture or business culture or and so we have definitely the same challenges and topics, I think, in the demo scene. I mean, mm-hmm. it has been, as you mentioned, like in many cases, uh, a white boys club, even though it was always very in. So if you went there, it was, I think everybody will always tell the story of it was 
open for whoever approached to the doors and everybody yes. was welcome there. So it was not elitist or exclusive by itself for whoever went there. But it, there's a big difference between being welcoming and inclusive yeah, and yeah, right. not pushing someone away who is at the doors. It, it, right? It's, it's yeah. funny you bring that up. You know, the inclusiveness is that you know when I when I joined, I wanted to be I wanted to to be a coder when I started, and I I wasn't you know uh, starting off with no knowledge of of coding and and in the in the eighties and nineties where you can't just get the internet, you know, it was very difficult, and most of the people that I interacted with. We're not really willing to, again, being 17 year old kids, you know, we're not really willing to share their knowledge and all that stuff. The guy that ended up teaching me to code was, you know, like a, like a 30 something year old, you know, African American guy that had been in the demo scene since the, you know, mid eighties. And like, I, I mean, that, you know, that's, that's, you know, who, who had kind of gone above that, you know, gotten past that whole 17 year old, you know, um, um, I can't even think of the word for it. Just that ego that, challenges. Yes, right. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, and and in that way, yeah, it, it's it is very um, um, inclusive and, of everybody. That's, but it's also, I mean, when we were thinking about should we, so when this idea came up with Andreas Lange, um, who's actually the who was actually the guy who was founding the Computer Games Museum in Berlin and mm -hmm. was running it like for. 20 years or so so when we started with this idea it was really also the question okay are we now endorsing everything which has ha happened in the demo scene that way no we are only saying it is a culture it has its changes it has its flows it has its streams it has people who will say i don't care about all these changes which are now in everyday's culture and we just want to celebrate our way of thinking and um, there's there's no way how you can or would define that differently but even though if I myself stand for different values nowadays of course right. and um, but for UNESCO I think what, what eased me was um, if we should try it or what topics might come up during the application process, what eased me was actually UNESCO itself because they were also saying, yes, now I have to use an, a German word. I don't know what Schützenfest is in English. So oh, we can we can look we can look at the dictionary, no? In the meantime, but in Germany you have like huge festive celebrations where everybody gets on the countryside where everybody gets drunk for three, four, four, five days and it's pretty traditional way of defending <laughs> your home country and it's like like a, I have it. I have it. According to the dictionary it's referred to as fair featuring shooting matches. All right. What? And there's, what? There's, wait, wait, there's wait, wait, wait. Hang on a second. There's like associations yeah. in every what's, what's in it, each what, village. There's what's, what's the actual? What's the word? The translation is fair. Yeah, I know what the translation is. I, I know what you said. The translation. What's the word? Uh, Schützenfest. S C U U E T. S C U. S C H U E T Z. E N F E S T. So you, like you could compare it. Oh, okay. Well. It's a shooting festival. 
shooting festival. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's very small yeah. version of the right. Oktoberfest. Okay. Maybe okay. we can yeah. say that gotcha. there's associations yeah. behind it, which are yeah. usually only allowing men to be part of it, right? Yeah. So many, many of the cultures which actually are on UNESCO lists of intangible cultural heritage have gender disbalances to say the least, and all of these things. But UNESCO says, yes, it is a culture nevertheless, but of course we are encouraging the culture also maybe to pick up in time. And so this is like something, so they are not putting up this this is culture or not based on the values which are there now, but it's culture based on the values which is happening in within the culture. And then the question is, does it have traditions? Does it have um, specified knowledge? Does it have a passing of knowledge and skills? Does it have a language, etc.? All these criteria which work. And so that way, I think at least we, we don't have to judge. So there's I mean, don't don't have to judge everything, at least not, oh, are you now endorsing what was happening in Denmark uh, in terms of the early 90s? No, we're not endorsing everything, but it is part of it, of the changes. Mm -hmm. Well, um, yes. Uh, well, well, um, what, what I find interesting in my life outside of the demo scene bubble is the hilarious questions people ask me. I don't know. I don't know if you know that, but 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 I get that. I get that all the time. So people outside of the scene, when I say, uh, for example, in in 2013, I, I went three weeks to to Peru, to Lima to visit my demo scene friends. And on the flight, there was a Peruvian family asking me, so how much languages do you know? And I said, like, English, German. And they were like, no Spanish? I said, no Spanish. You are going to Peru without knowing Spanish? You're out of your mind doing that. You, know? <laughs> you are out of your mind. I was like, yeah, well, all my friends know English. That's good enough, right? And the airport personnel knows English, obviously, because it's their job, so it's not a really big problem. Or people ask me, oh, you, you, so you are talking to somebody in Poland. Do they speak German with you? I'm like, no, why should they? They speak English. So people are, people are, they are, uh, they are having stereotypes, prejudgments, and they are implying their little knowledge about... I must, I must have a problem communicating. I'm like, yeah, well, no, in the demo scene, we all speak English most of yeah. the time. It's not an issue. It's not, it's not even a question I would ask myself, you know. I just talk to, to anybody. It's not like I'm going to write an email and think about it. What language could this person speak, you know. I'm just t write my email like I would to anybody else in English. Oh. But uh, when you when you say that uh, we also embraced um, computer networks uh, mm -hmm. pretty fast, right? Oh, Fidonet, yeah. BBSs, uh, the internet. Mm -hmm. Not mentioning swapping, which blow, would blow probably most people's minds that we had a pretty decent network to mm -hmm. exchange software in uh, via email uh, via mail, right? That was so, um, one of my first touch touching points: sending email, uh, sending floppy disks. Yeah, yeah. I remember calling up. I, uh, uh, I had a, uh, a senior friend in Germany that would call me up and he, he had a, a very, very, he did not speak English very well. So he would call me up and we would have a good hour long conversation in which I understood none of what he said. 
and then okay, that must must have been a, an exception. Yeah, and normally, then, yeah, normally people understand yeah. each other, and then it would end with with we'd swap files. But what we'd end up doing is, you know, we'd get on our sixty fours or C sixty fours, which were attached to, you know, we had modems, and one of us would do an ATA, one of us would do an ATDT, and we just connect and just swap files back and forth. Which, I mean, that that blew my mind for the time. Just like, wow, I can get a file from a dude in Germany in, you know, in, in, in only, you know, an hour and a half at a blazing 300 baud because of his line noise. <laughs> I will never forget that moment when the first time there was a person like a system operator, so a person running the BBS uh, was was answering so while I was uploading a DMS file to a Swedish uh, BBS because this was really this moment. I, I'm from the countryside. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just was lucky that in the next village, which was Palaborn, there was a huge IT university, which naturally attracted lots of people interested in IT and coding and tech. And so most of the people who were at least part of the German how job Group, demo group actually gathered around Paderborn because of the university there or have been growing up nearby like Triple X, like from Howjob, like the founder mm -hmm. uh, Toby and um, it is it is so hard I mean in that way it's really like like veteran it's like grandpa telling from, from the war, right? Yeah. So yeah, you right. have these moments <laughs> where you felt there were no Schengen there were no, there were no, uh, there was no euro. There were so many things not there. But you, as a kid, were sitting there, connected to Sweden, and someone was yes. answering yes. there. This moment when these first text messages came over, I mean, yeah, yeah, that that's, was that's a magic moment, kind yeah, of. That's, yeah, that was like amazing. I'm a, you know, it's the it's the early '90s, and I'm an American kid. You know, in you know, like like 13, 14 years old, and I you know, got, log on to a BBS somewhere else in the world and suddenly like the SISOP or SISOP pops in and he's like, hey, what's up? And it's like, oh my God, I'm talking live with a dude halfway across the planet. Which also are... messed up my my BBS experience forever because now I every time I call a BBS, I'm completely self-conscious that someone's sitting there watching me. And in the end, that, that's like the dopamine thing, right? Whatever mm -hmm. hooks us that strongly, you will always <laughs> yeah. remember it hooks you. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> like Flopin will be describing about 2016 at Revision. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hooked for life, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's 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 exactly the the point. I think uh, seeing is believing, even in the old days and and nowadays in the demo scene. If you if you join the the crowd, I, I actually I've perceived it as very open and and diverse. So I was in fact at my first demo party at Revision in 2015, mm -hmm. and I was hooked right away. I I felt the atmosphere. I thought, well, I even if I don't code and contribute with with demo entries. I want to be part of it. I want to be there. I want to enjoy the artistic works. I want to 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 feel the the this the spirit and enjoy just being among these these absolutely brilliant and talented people from all over the world. So, I mm -hmm. I wanted to 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 be there. So I I and and it was only a natural thing for me then to to try to help to to uh, contribute to art of coding, mm -hmm. because. I, I thought I, I I said if this has this heritage and this has now evolved to this to this size and 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 magnitude and and inclusive and inclusivity uh, for for people from all over the world, this is worth 
being the first digital culture recognized by UNESCO as intangible cultural heritage. And yes. and that's the reason why, so. why I got connected and, and, and wanted to help. So, And this is the same thing. I mean, if the people are willing to communicate, everyone is willing to, to speak English. And even if you're from Paris, you probably switch to English. And <laughs> I remember times when you, went, you entered Paris, you better had a, a little bit of French in your yes, pocket. Yes, But now it's bit, totally different, bit. right? You go to Paris and you speak English. And that's the same with the demo scene. All over the, the world, people talk English and they are able to communicate. Mm -hmm. And they know the vocabulary that everyone uses. So it's, yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, you know... Syndrome towards the, the Dutch yeah. and towards the, uh, the Swedes, etc. I mean, there was always someone speaking better English than you, ah. and so that's uh, yeah. Honestly, yeah, but their I movies always... are not dubbed. They learn English basically from from their from their childhood days because they only watch un, undubbed movies with with, with uh, subtitles in their right. local language, and that's exactly. the reason why they are so excellent sure. in in English. That's what I learned. <laughs> a couple exactly. Of years back. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I mean, um, the the demo scene influenced me a lot personally by my, um, I would say, everyday everyday life uh, yeah. life approaches. You know, um, just another example. I had this order by by somebody living in France. You know, and and the company shut down, the homepage shut down, the money was lost, and I was like, okay, sixty nine dollars lost. And then I did some research and I found out, okay, the company has a registered address and a phone number somewhere in France. So I called that number. And um, and normally normally I learned, you know, in business and every everything, the first thing you ask when you call abroad um, somewhere, you, are, you say like, do you speak English? And at my, 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 my thinking was always, What if that person says no? What what did I win there? I, I gain nothing if the person says no. So 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 I had the $69 in my head that from the order three years ago that is lost and I want my money returned because the order never came, the company went down, the money is lost. So I explained I'm calling from Germany. I did this order three years ago and the the company went down. Um, can I please speak to the CEO of that company. So, and this person... You're going right at the top five, there. After right straight five to the minutes, CEO. After, after five minutes, she even, didn't, she, she even didn't get a chance to tell me if she speaks English or not. So she just replied like, sorry, he's not, he's not around right now. I can't do it. I was like, okay, that's, well, so. Yeah, that's, I, I can't get over that audacity. That's like, you know, my Windows install doesn't work. Can, can you pass me through to Bill Gates? And anyway, yeah, anyway, it, it was my approach to get my money back. And, and so, so I said like, okay, so when he, is, when he is available again, and she said like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, so, so I'm, I'm calling next month again until, until finally he is available. <laughs> and then two weeks later, I got an email saying, um, reply regarding your order and your phone call to my parents' home. And I was like, oh my God, I spoke to his mom. I spoke to his mom. <laughs> and I told his mom, I will call every month until this is resolved and I get my money returned. <laughs> so I spoke to his mom and his mom speaks fluent English, obviously, for some reason. <laughs> so, 
So basically, if you want to get UNESCO to uh, to to accept the demo scene as a thing, just have Jörg do it because he's relentless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, 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 the story. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the story. The story has a good ending. After four years, the game was the game that I ordered was finally released, and I got it uh, before Christmas. It, so I and, and everybody was like, "Why do you call to friends? They will not even answer you. What? They wouldn't even bother trying speaking English with you." I'm like, what? "I don't no, care." No, 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 no. That's not true. That that's that's such a stereotype, and it drives me nuts. No, if you yeah, exactly. if you go in there and you expect them to speak English, they'll be they'll be slightly rude to you, but they'll relent <laughs> if you try. I, I, I never, I never try. Just speaking. just go in there, oh, speak bad yeah, French. Funny faces no, now, so. No, yeah. I, I'm I'm this kind of person. I don't try because I have this language. experience with with Canada, which is largely French, and you know, there's there's a lot of stereotype uh, around the French and French Canadians that you know they will not speak to you in anything other than French, and it's like no. Well, obviously, right now because we're we're speaking to someone from France, and she's very nice and speaking to us in English. Uh, but 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 I have in my experience, it's like if I if I you know you go there and it's like just don't be rude and expect them to know English. Well, then it, I'm rude and I expect. Yeah, but, but, but I just but you know I, I go mean, I say three words I think badly. It, it counts and, for all the places, right? It counts for all the places. Well, that, yeah, then yeah, I'm rude. Everybody up their games. I, right. I mean, if you went to the German countryside, you also had probably not really good chances. Right. Twenty years <laughs> ago, my parents sure. don't speak English. Yeah. Uh, if I went to, I mean, there's so many places. It is still a privilege mm-hmm. in a sense and this right. privilege of learning a language is right. um yeah. Learned over the, yeah yeah i went to to french canada and 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 i tried to communicate and and they just sort of patted me on the head and they were just like don't 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 try son don't try <laughs> you, you know but i'm you also know, biased I'm... i love montreal and quebec city and all <laughs> yeah. these places it's, uh, it's perhaps perhaps i'm different Perhaps I'm different because I'm. If, well, if but you're also I, I talking about a text, like you're talking about like a call line, like 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 an international line where people would be calling in. So yeah, in that instance, you're gonna expect them to do that. But just just meeting someone on the street and expecting them to automatically speak the same language as you in in a country that is not your own is not necessarily. Um, it happened to me. What are we I, talking? I, Why are we here? How did we get here? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was. We got here because I was talking about the perception out of our bubble okay, from other yes, people yes, outside. Okay, okay, and I was saying that it influenced <laughs> my behavior outside of the demo scene because um, I I don't really bother or really think about if somebody understands me. I just talk in English mm-hmm. and try my luck. That's basically how I do it. Right, if right. somebody sees it as rude, up to them. But, well, but I'm as, not going to try to speak in a language I badly know or as not Toby at all. Said, this is a huge privilege because uh, we grew up with uh, technology, we grew up with the net, we grew up with uh, English language. It's it's natural f- uh, for us, and and it's not necessarily natural to other people uh-huh. uh, still. So true, true. But maybe let's look at the this language thing from a totally different angle. Obviously, the UNESCO applications uh-huh. have all be to fi- have to be filed in the in the nation's language. So really? the German entry has been filed in German. The Finnish one 
and we can talk a little bit about the, the successes that have already been rolled in. The Finnish one has to be handed in in Finnish, the Polish one in, in Polish, oh. uh, the French one in France. In French. So, so I think uh, what we are talking here is uh, we, we are even united as a, as a culture and, and uh, talk the languages or the language of choice of, of the people who want to yeah. uh, get together, but the local applications have to be handed in in the local language. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe, maybe from a from a, and that was also the reason why I said we had helped to translate the German one into an English version, so that it is basically accessible to everyone else in the in the demo scene. Hmm. So, Interestingly, uh, yeah. those applications, each if uh, each one of them is different. Uh, yeah. So Finnish applications yeah, yeah, totally. has yeah. different sections that uh, German application, which un uh, unfortunately does, doesn't help with Polish application too much because we have like 50% of uh, content is different. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying that you just just uh, copy and paste it. I think it's it's just of uh, looking at how how people expressed uh, know, the evolution but... in their local uh, country. So I think that helps. Uh -huh. and, and in general, I think it it uh, it's it's it sees that we have uh, that we have some success with it because the Finnish application, which was the first one, uh, was in fact uh, accepted by the UNESCO. So oh. I think that's uh, if you yeah. want to talk about what we have achieved so far, maybe yes. for a bit. Uh, the Finnish um, entry was uh, a huge success, so it was accepted on the national list of intangible, uh, intangible cultural heritages. Mm -hmm. And in Germany, uh, we have uh, had the success that one of the uh, of the states um, where it was submitted has accepted it for submission to the national um, uh, well list, which nice. is obviously the the big uh, answer we are waiting for uh, um, later uh, in the first quarter. So maybe we we can we can look at at, at what has happened yeah. so far, and maybe Melkor can can give us uh, a bit more insight into that. If we look at the um, if we look at the successes, there is like the um, what what Kudrix already mentioned, but there's also um, groups now coming together. So um, in France, in Denmark, is a group even supported by the Royal National Library, for example. Um, so oftentimes there's even bigger preservation institutions which are hoping that there is groups in the countries actually filing those applications because they would be ready to jump in as partners, etc., um, to safeguard um, these, these uh, applications. So, for example, if there's then the need or the idea to have an exhibition on the Danish demo scene, that's, of course, great if you have an institution already who says, yes, of course, please, please, um, we support this. But they are, of course, not allowed to do the application because they are institutions, they are not demo sceneers, right? Mm -hmm. So it has to be from the scene, for the scene, by the scene. Uh, to, also from UNESCO standpoint. How uh, much countries did you get covered so far? I mean, you mentioned Finland, you mentioned Germany, France, yes. Poland. Yeah, covered. I mean, really, really that the application is submitted. So in this final stage and we're waiting for feedback, that's really like Germany and Finland. Finland is successful. In Germany, we will know in March probably. Um, so we will get feedback by then. And it's usually like a process of two years until you to get getting the people together, etc. And then now it's like the second wave happening in a sense that based on the success and being convinced and getting the group together. So there's now a group in France meeting. There's a group in the Netherlands 
interested in checking in. There's a group, I mean, yeah, Andrzej is here from Poland, so that's like in a very active state. Um, there were people interested in Portugal, but interested really means someone said at a party, yes, I might be interested, and then it can die down again. Usually, I mean, especially during COVID, I was actually surprised how dependent we are as humans in a demo scene also from this on meeting on physical parties, right? Yeah. You need this moment where you know, oh, now is evoke, so I should better get going because I have a month left to get something done. Otherwise, I won't look too good if I have nothing to show. Well, and also, also, you need to keep in mind, it's not. it, it wasn't the uh, greatest year to make, uh, you know, um, ambitious goals in your life. Uh, so that's that's the other thing. But um, yes, uh, you know, there's uh, the, the Finnish Finnish success uh, was a, a game changer in a way. And, and um, interesting, interestingly, the Finland was probably the most um, ready to accept as a as a country uh because they're, they're pretty progressive anyways like they, they've always yes. been um right so so that 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 open door and uh when we for example started talking with our government and the ministry of uh the, the former ministry of of uh, the the well it's the digital ministry or uh, i i i've been not, not sure how it's called in english exactly but um uh, it's no longer there but it's, there's a ministry of culture as well we've been talking with to them they they they've seen that so that that is important that they they've seen it was accepted already and and they liked it right so um uh, it opened a lot of doors and, and it showed that it's uh, possible and it's, it's it's worth the hassle so that's 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 great actually yeah, and behind the scenes, behind the, exactly, Switzerland, I, I didn't, so I was going in alphabetical order, I, I skipped, <laughs> so Hungary is also, but Ungelo mentioned, so there were definitely also people there, actually, also from from people around the function, so really one of the more, most relevant parties in the scene, or also strong, strong, always uh, release country, I would say, <laughs> strong releases, so that would be, um, and yeah, like Switzerland. There's also a few people scattered from Australia, but it's more in they're checking in and it's it's in this early stage. Uh, but our idea as leaders, organizers was, okay, let's at least have some one country from the north, one from the east, one from the west slash south. Um, yeah, and, and so one from the west and one of the south. Um, yeah, in that sense. So that's that's at least our minimum idea for the formal, so minimal idea. For the formal application, actually we only need two countries to be able to go to the next level. But from a but we but we are not sure that that would work. So that's why we really believe also from a demo scenes perspective, it should be at least four or five countries um, which represent the different areas. And then if there's more, of course, but I think after, let's say, six years, it's probably a, <laughs> a moment where we want to be. So we're not yet six years in, we are now two years in. So ideas spawned like December 2018, I guess. And then May 2019, we started sharing that with the, with the scene, and from there, uh, or my, yeah, some some time around that. 
But yeah, there's definitely more countries. So I was just looking at, so what's a big missing point is definitely, I guess, UK. Um, that has also such an intertwined demo scene meets games, culture meets visual life um, performances run by demo scenes. I mean, definitely. it had such a strong influence. Um, yeah, and then the Nordic countries, I mean, yeah. But for us, again, it's a volunteer project. Oh, that's that's super important to say, right? Um, so when we started also, it was always, if you do something for the scene, it has to be for free. Because that's like demo scene ethics. You don't take money away from stuff what other people are um, creating also for free. And that's, that's why also we have, of course, to be a little bit cautious about our time. So, yeah, but the more countries, again, so if you are interested, there is uh, the website demo scene, the art of coding yes. dot net. Um, and there, if you to go on to contact, under contact, you will find a link to the Discord, for example, and that's where the country channels are. And also you can poke us uh, and other contact details. Yeah. So, yeah, these are the countries. Interesting. And do you know how long in average it will take till it is successful, if it is, which is hopefully will be? I mean, you mentioned six years before. Yeah, in that sense that uh, we, 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 are, we will actually sit down to see after we have the German feedback what the next phases will be. But all the countries which are now in this already rolling state, so... Um, like the four or five countries I mentioned, so Switzerland, Poland, France, Netherlands. Um, I probably forget one because I clicked the list in my about Italy. Yes, there's Italy as well. Um, all of them, of course, we want to see that that is, that, that is happening. So, and happening means it usually takes two hour, two years in that country as well, because. Yeah. One example in, in Netherlands, for example, you have to go to workshops first and you get a briefing by the government how this should be done. In Finland, you had to create a wiki article where many seniors are involved. Um, or in Germany, you had to go via the region, one of the regional bodies like the lender, like the countries and had to apply there. And then there's like a two stage process. And in Switzerland, Andre, you can say that for yourself. Uh, well, yeah, I think there's, you have to be uh, on the, on one of the, um, well, local lists first. And then it, it, you, you may or may not be promoted to, to recommendation for the national list at some point. I don't know the exact details, to, to be honest. I think um, this uh, took also a little bit of uh, momentum out of this because it was so, so cumbersome and unpredictable <laughs> so that, uh, that we said, okay, we have, to, we have to do our groundwork first. But um, I think um, um, we, we, are, we are getting there. So this also shows, like, like Melko said, it's, it's totally different everywhere. And, uh, and sometimes you have to go to great lengths to make it happen, and it's it's not even even granted that you are successful. So, and in Switzerland, for have... example, Oops, sorry, uh, if if you if you talk about Schützenfest and stuff like that, they have uh, things on their on their national list like Adelswimmen, which is a very very cool thing. I highly recommend it. It's in the city of Bern. You go to the river Aare and you swim in the Aare. 
and this is recognized by the UNESCO as, <laughs> as a cultural heritage. So just to give you a feeling of, of, of the other stuff that's on there, but it shows that you that you can have success if you do the the, the things right. And this is uh, also always our call. People get informed. We will help you as good as we can, uh, and we we will support uh, the matter and 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 help help to get you on track and also get the the good word out to get you more support if needed. Well, hopefully we help with this podcast to get the word out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's one of the one of the the reasons we are also wanted to 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 reach out to you guys to reinforce the momentum. I think the momentum is there. Every time we we talk about it at at one of the demo scene events, uh, we usually get uh, people being spilled onto our Discord channel and asking questions and and get into in the in the in the country specific rooms or or ask if uh, they want to or can can create a new room for a new country and so on. So and I think um, we have to continuously foster this momentum and and make people uh, just just also a little bit deadline driven get their get their applications out. So I think yes. that's yeah, exactly yeah. the the thing we want to facilitate. Yeah, and we are actually also always looking for for volunteers who want to basically uh, increase outreach and and cascade the information. Mm -hmm. So. Um, we have we have people who, who write blog posts and articles and do this like we do here now the podcast. I have uh, re represented uh, art of coding at a conference which was online at last year, British Math Art Conference, and um, just recently in the in the German Return uh, magazine, which is a retro magazine, uh, we featured an article about art of coding. So if you have ideas where you want to present this topic and, and increase the outreach, then then please join us and and, and mm. well just just we'll get it going. So yeah. we depend on on the on the community contributions uh, basically everywhere. I, I will definitely put when the podcast is out, put it in the Peruvian C64 Amiga demo scene group because I'm a member on Facebook there. They invited me, to, <laughs> so yeah. So I will definitely make it visible there. Um, let's see. Perhaps somebody is contacting you about and the US guys, AJ. Yeah. So yeah, please. Yeah. I'm. I just. Yeah. I just joined the 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 um, Discord. Um, oh, that was the now, thing. Nice. <laughs> uh, now, now, now with the new president, the chances are higher, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully. And I mean, if you're wondering, if you're wondering what it means, uh, if when we say, "Hey, we need a group," so usually we need one person in the country who says, "Okay, I look up at the website of UNESCO. What's actually needed?" Because again, in every country it's different, mm -hmm. but it's not impossible. And then, and then really say, "Okay, we have like a list of we call that country contact points." Mm -hmm. So that's not it's not. That's like to be that one person. If other seniors are interested, no, ah, I can get in touch with that person. Because usually we need that one first person in Sweden, in UK also, who says, yes, I'm just looking into it and I will keep on it also to poke people from time to time or check with us as organizers um, if, if, we, if we stall. So that's, that's, that's actually what we need. And uh, yeah. And yeah, as you yeah. mentioned, you know, bit rot, you know, like this stuff doesn't last forever. And yeah, exactly. I, I think everyone has uh, her or his own motivation. Yeah. Why, why to join the, the crowd. So um, I think uh, everyone 
well would like to have some 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 kind of uh, official recognition mm-hmm. maybe some don't but actually i think <laughs> it would ha- it, it would help um uh, the the scene to also um prolong the the, the culture yeah. and do the preservation work for the stuff that the really old schoolers a need for for producing their demos or de- demonstrating their demos. So I'm I'm from my from my personal standpoint I'm a, I'm one of the big uh, proponents of preserving the old tech hardware stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. So if this is successful and UNESCO recognizes um, uh, the demo scene as cultural heritage, then actually I think we have much bigger chances of getting funding for doing preservation really right with yes. lots of funding right. and not being dependent on some some uh, wealthy people to to support these efforts i, I appreciate lots of uh, definitely what uh, archive org and the the team are doing there but obviously this is, a, this is a one one in a million thing right so mm-hmm. i i hope that we will, we will have the chance to get uh get official funding for, for doing the preservation work, which the scene deserves. So. Plus, archive.org is, is not really, yeah. you know, they're, they're not focused on, on any one individual thing. So, you know, no, it's, no, no. it's sort of like, they, you know, they've got like a shotgun approach where it's like they everything. So it's, you know, actually having somebody demo scene based that is trying to preserve well, this and, and doing I it. I love but what else. they're doing. So definitely yeah. it's great you know, what, what you need to realize uh, as well is that... Um, it's getting lost, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, the archive org. They won't yeah. have access to uh, like old floppy disks right. uh, or, um, you know, the, the people you need to reach out to people. Many of many of them are, are not interested anymore. Like right. uh, the people from the 80s we reached out to, they were like, oh, I grew up. It wasn't serious. I, I don't care. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, it's 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 sad in a way. So, oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping, for example, that this recognition will kind of maybe make them change their mind a little uh, about this. Uh, but we are, you know, chasing down people to uh, find the floppy disk in the attics, um, right, right. right, and yeah, and right. stuff like that. So, and and as uh, Kudrick said, um, this is this is volunteering effort right now. But um, once we get recognized, we may get like a Danish uh, library or um, we have in Poland Museum of Computer Science and Computers uh, that we may partner with and and they may get funding and and this can actually get serious, right? I mean, mean, we also must see that um, there is a next generation coming up, you know? Yeah. And, 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 And we want to preserve that for them, you know? Well, and I, and I, I like the fact that you've also, you know, you you mentioned on the, on the website, you know, specifically it says, you know, despite the title "Art of Coding," it's important to be aware that the demo scene is not just demos and coding, but it, it's music and it's graphics and it's photos and it's text art, like you know, like ANSI ASCII or or like you know Petsky or whatever, you know, all that stuff, because that's that's a big that that's something that that I've often been guilty of of sort of neglecting a little bit. Like I was a graphics guy and a coder, or still am a graphics guy and a coder. I've done a lot of a lot of Petsky graphics for BBSs. And it's sort of like just I've got discs upon discs upon discs of it. It's just been kind of throwaway stuff because it never it wasn't something that, that I necessarily considered like like demo scene worthy. You know, it was like I just made some some words on the screen out of, you know, whatever. You know, and and but it's like, yes, this is a part of the thing that should be preserved. Mm. This is something that is is 
you know, it, you might have seen it once on a BBS back in the '90s when you logged in, and and. But. But but also... here's the point. Here's the point actually, where some projects really have a, an issue. Mm. I mean, we 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 um, we mentioned Pue at the or Puet. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, Pue. Pue. In the beginning, and then there is this other thing. A, a CSTB uh, Commodore Scene Database, and uh, everybody is like, mm, uh, if I mention, if I mention it, just because they have such. I mean, they they started in uh, 2001 being open for everything basically, and they they narrowed down more and more over the years. What is preservable, worthy, what is worthy to be in the database? You can only get a user account if you were credited in a demo scene worthy These release. Guys, yeah, the, the moderators of the CSDB are the guys that are still 17 years old in 1993. You know, I mean, that's... And that's... Uh... Yeah. That's definitely. I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm very happy that you mentioned like the different arts which all go into the demo scene. So that's super important first and foremost. AJ, that's true because otherwise, I mean, yes, the title we put out of coding because that's the one defining thing to the outside. What people at least understand. Okay, it's about shader. It's about minimalism. It's about. So people, the first thing what people always understand is 4K, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so you can explain that, and that's like the super big wow effect. But this is like the tip of the iceberg, and that's, I think, True. what the demo scene is, True. and it's really pushed by so many movements underneath. And so I think this is really, it's the preservation, but also, again, the living part of it. So as Flopin was describing, or we've been also discussing, it's really about how could be the demo scene alive in 20 years, and who is actually doing competitions who is playing in in a with a playful attitude in the future because we have generated this democratic this anarchic this decentral this completely unregulated thing and i hope that is also because this can work this is a culture this is not right. depending on right. the discs etc right. it's really one unique right. way right. exactly and this this also shows the evolution again like look these gen these these uh, next generation categories haven't been around forever right mm -hmm. so i think the latest addition uh, to to the compost is basically something which is really interactive like shader showdown so you have you have totally different um, iterations of of technologies and and competition categories. So I think this is also the the brilliance of the theme, the the scene that it kind of reinvents itself with an underlying technology pool, which also keeps on growing ever and ever. So we and in in twenty years from now we will have totally different categories of old school hardware because old school hardware is then, I don't know, PS2, PS3, PS4, PS5 and, and all this kind of stuff which is not hacked yet so it's even not open for coding yet because it's it's still encrypted and not broken. So I think we, we have an ever-increasing pool of platforms that can be fed into the demo scene world. So I think that's is, this is so cool and, and, yeah. and it, it, it basically, if, if we make it right, it will never stop. And yeah. even if right. the scene was declared dead multiple times, it's it's far from that. 
Right. Without mentioning also the virtual consoles like uh, Pico 8, for example, you you see uh, some Pico 8 demos now, and and demo parties start to ask themselves, like organizers of demo parties start to ask ask yeah. themselves, should I put a Pico 8 category? Is it old school? Is it not? Okay, it's limited, but it runs on the PC and. But but even if those questions are still asked among uh, people in the demo scene, organizer, whatever, people still do Pico 8 demos, and uh, and it's new, yes. it's exciting, and it uh, it has this old schoolish style you can play with, but it's still easier to get into, which is in my opinion super important to have as a compromise. Yes, maybe. Put, putting limits, it's super interesting. Mm -hmm. I think, in my in my opinion, how I see the demo scene is just like putting yourself your own technical limits to play with them, mm -hmm. and uh, and something like Pico Eight, I think, has a huge potential. Yeah. In that regard, I mean, I mean, these limitations-driven um, platforms—they are constantly coming up. I mean, I remember some years ago when 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 it was said like Wolfenstein um, uh, two and the new Doom that can't be put on the Switch, and then there was panic button, and they said like we make it possible, you know, special special technique for compression and stuff, and then suddenly this demo scene vibed, um, a demo scene vibe. A game release on the Switch was there. Everybody was like, "Wow, Doom! It's amazing! Wow, Wolfenstein! That's that's incredible!" You know, and it, it was just basically using all techniques that we know from the demo scene. Yeah, you know, of course, the average layman that buys a Switch game he wouldn't know about the technical achievement to bring this game on a little Switch handheld. He he couldn't care less. He couldn't care less. But on the root, it's still the same technique. It's still this, the same art of coding. Yeah, it is. Some of the best porting studios are actually also funded by, uh, founded by demo scenes. At yeah. least some of them. <laughs> Think of our Dutch yeah, friends. There is a lot of bridges between demo scene and video games industry. Right. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the hopes, right? I mean, that people hear this and see, okay, with my mindset, actually, that's also why not joining the scene and do some demos for this playful attitude and i think there's a change that we are now more open and actually yeah more open more diverse um because that way it makes us also more welcome and approachable than right. 15 20 years ago and what 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 i realized also like month month ago is that i, I think that the scene helped me getting in touch with old hardware I had when I was a kid and I played on but now I get to play it on again but in a different way so it's mm -hmm. it's kind of connecting my nostalgia for those yes. with my new way of seeing things yes. and I think that's also an important part of the demo scene which is like having fun with what makes you Having fun in your childhood, you know, like, but in another <laughs> way. I, I think it's yeah. it's also interesting in that point of view. And I think, as a new generation are born with technology, I think that's also a good way to approach them, to enroll them, kind of, <laughs> not enroll, but at least saying that 
you know, uh, your your N64 on which you played Super Mario 64 or whatever. You know, people knows how to code a video game on that. People knows how to put 3D on that, how to render your wow. texture. It's awesome. You can now play with your own mode if you learn enough right. to do them or whatever. And it, it's it's a huge opening of your technology knowledge. And I think it's also important to to connect yourself with what is around you, which is usually the hardware kind of. Yeah. I know it's a bit like meta or, or philosophical. I don't know, maybe too much. But I think it's important to know what is inside your your daily life yeah. and for example your smartphone your computer and and you you get a better it's empowering yes. to to yes. know what's inside your computer and how it works a bit right and how it how it worked previously and so on and so forth yeah exactly with the c64 you know i know what every chip in that thing does and i and, and how to manipulate it to do what i wanted to do now, back in in the early '90s, I wanted to upgrade my C64 to an Amiga, but and I saved up money for you know because I, I was a kid, I was saving up my lunch money for for months and months and months, and I finally had enough to get that Amiga 1200, and then Commodore went bankrupt, and so I never got it. And and so maybe two years ago, I guess I finally got an Amiga 500, and I am learning it the way that I would have learned it back then which is to try to use it and try to do things with it. And it's ended up, I've upgraded it a bunch. There's, you know, it's got an accelerator. I've gotten it onto the internet with a flip box and all this stuff, things that it wasn't, wasn't meant to do, but I'm trying to figure it out in, you know, without, without the, the, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to learn how to use it without using an emulator, without, cheating or anything sitting down and actually trying to figure out how to use the actual machine to to code and create artwork and and stuff like that and that's 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 the thing that with a lot of people now their phones i, I don't know what's on my phone i wish i did you know and it's it's or 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 the you know my laptop you know the 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 bits and pieces in that are you know it's it, the level of knowledge i have on that is far less than than I have on these old machines. Yeah, and, and maybe if I if I quickly can join in here, I think this was exactly the tipping point between the generation of a C64 and an Amiga. Mm -hmm. The C64 was still a device where you could basically understand everything it does. Mm -hmm. With an Amiga, it's getting more difficult. And then imagine where we are at today. Yeah. So the complexity is absolutely a nightmare. That's the reason why we have layers upon layers upon layers because no one understands what's happening in the depth of the machine anymore. So I, right. I think, and I'm a big fan of reducing the complexity again. So mm -hmm. that's probably also what connects my job and the demo scene. But this is this is this is absolutely a nightmare. So right. I, I think it, it's much um, more challenging to do stuff with a less powerful machine. Yeah, I, there's there's so many layers of of of, um, and that's one of the things even with the Amiga, there's abstraction layers between between me and the machine with the 64. I'm, you know, in basic, you're poking values directly to, to memory and changing things sure. about the machine. With this, it's you've got a, a, a user and you've got a, a GUI in front of you. You're not you're not immediately like you're, you're tell you can tell it to do stuff, but it's got to go through that abstraction layer first that that OS that's built into it. 
But there, there's there's a couple of things to it. Like uh, I personally gave up around I think 2002 maybe. Mm-hmm. Intel had this thing that um, uh, they had a they had a contact form, and if you ask them politely, they would ship uh, the um, CPU uh, manual to mm-hmm. you at no cost. And uh, I actually done that in ninety. 96 maybe maybe 97 and i i was i was given like a two books maybe 200 pages each and, and then i did the same thing in 2002 and i was uh, shipped eight books 600 pages each and, and it was like a tipping point for me because yeah, you know yeah. you couldn't understand it anymore um right. But also, you, you need limits uh, for your creativity. Like if if uh-huh. if, if if it's limitless, uh, you, you won't get creative. PCs right now, those phones, the, this this everything. This the, there's there's almost no limits. Right, right. This is and this is where things like like Pico Eight be, become useful tools because they mm-hmm. put those they, they they create those those limits that you have to work within. And, and this was like early cell phone stuff too, which was, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, you know, flip phones when you were first starting to get the little sure. things. And and suddenly a lot of people that were C64 or Amiga graphics people and coders, they were in demand because they knew how to code this stuff down to be like, you know, a 3K program. But also and, there was no C compiler for it. Right. Um, <laughs> I remember the first Symbian uh, coding. Uh, it was pure assembly. Mm-hmm. So. Right, right. Yeah, and, and making little icons on the screen and everything. It was like that's this is what like this is what we were born for, you know. But that quickly, you know, spiraled out of control and stuff. To where it's your moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for a, go for, a, for it. Yeah, for a, for a very short moment in time, it's like we had like it was like yes, this is what we've been training for. And then it was like suddenly iPhone. Oh yeah, okay, we're out. <laughs> I just see well, an advertising in front of my eyes. Want true digital creative literacy? Join the scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, an interesting thing that I actually uh, this is, and we'll cut this part out because it's irrelevant. But um, uh, it actually my my actual job turned into like like a scene thing because um, we run our general ledger on a machine that is running CPM. I don't know why, because they've been doing it forever. Uh, you know, they've got this thing hooked up to this old dot matrix printer, and they print out a ream of paper every month. It's ludicrous. So um, people are working from home because of the coronavirus thing, um, but this general ledger still needs to get done. Well, the, you can't. The CPM doesn't exist on the internet. Like there's there's no networking on CPM. You can't do that, but. I'm like, you know what? CPM is is CPM runs on my on an old Commodore 128, and it does have the ability to use a modem, and there are 105,000 different types of these little Wi-Fi modems for the C64 that emulate a regular Hayes modem, and so I ended up I'm I'm in the process of developing a CPM module that will let them connect to this thing over TCP from an outside computer to do the general ledger. From just right. like a terminal on on their Windows machine, and this is all stuff that like like I wouldn't know how to do this if it wasn't for the demo scene. True, true. If it wasn't but for they the hired also, the right guy. 
That, that's a that's a great point because the demo scene is also about DIY uh, approach and can do attitude in mm -hmm. a way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and 100%. taking those and taking the limitations of the machine also and throwing them out the window. Yeah, of course. That's that's playing. why people. That's why people also sometimes. So I mean, if you talk to many coders, they also were always saying, I mean, the art thing. We never mm -hmm. see it, saw it as art. Oftentimes in the nineties, actually, the scene never wanted to be seen as media art because it was really far away from that. And um, actually, it's more about this can-do attitude, just pushing the boundaries, finding mm -hmm. out it by yourself. Um, that's and this is a mindset, and right. that, that mindset is, of course, that is then connected with mindsets, for example, from the hacker culture mm -hmm. or other connected communities that's super important right we don't say also again on out of coding we're not saying we are the first proponents of of course not we are embedded into other cultures which have been around like mm -hmm. the bbs uh, like like communities like early telnet uh, mm -hmm. culture etc the whole web-based or interconnected culture that has been there that has been around the whole uh, open source, in a sense, was always a little bit a tricky relationship because in the scene it was like, yeah, open source kills the competition, yeah, doesn't right, it? Right. Um, but it changed as well, right? Fabrausch mm. started releasing their source codes and many, many other groups as well. And since Shaded Toy, that's no question. So the aforementioned IQ created actually um, Shaded Toy or was one of the people behind it. So mm. that that changes, uh, yeah, again, it's... it's it's, yeah. it's, but it is a mindset, and yeah. that mindset is so helpful in nowadays environments as well. Mm. Yeah, I think this is exactly where, where it boils down to, where the connection points are to the original meaning of the term hacker, because a hacker is, uh, according to the hacker ethics, a, a person who is very savvy with a certain piece of technology and brings yeah. it to its limits or beyond. Mm -hmm. And so, so actually, you find this this kind of attitude, as Melkor describes it, exactly in the demo scene, because you bring a machine to its limits and boundaries, and you basically exploit stuff that no one else knows. And this is, per definition, a hacker mm -hmm. in the original sense. So I think it, uh, the term hacker has been kind of misused and and yeah. used for for bad uh, reputation things uh, in the in the recent uh, times. But um, if if you look at the original. Uh, literature and interpretation and definition of hackers it's exactly the same as a as a demo scene guy mm -hmm. you're right exactly and, and 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 i can now say that i'm getting my my actual job is being i was i was promoted from 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 being basically a social worker to now i am um I'm basically a demo coder for my job. Now you're taking social <laughs> care about the elder yeah hardware. i don't work with people anymore now i just play with this old hardware all day <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah. Man, we are pushing here two hours. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I guess we could well, do I, another I mean, three. Honestly, yeah, you could with, the, with, with what the demo scene is and the, and the depths of it yeah. and what it means to people. I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, we could talk, true. we could talk for days about this. True, true, true. And actually with, I guess, another five different guests from the five different countries, right? Because right. we were also, okay, who's joining which countries? I mean... We, this is really just a small glimpse, and uh, mm -hmm. and and not a full representation. So this is also. Oh, but definitely. I think that got clear today. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, maybe and we can... and and in the, in the process, as AJ mentioned, Japan before. Mm -hmm. um, 
Now, thanks to Florine mentioning some names in Japan, perhaps I should do yeah. some research yeah, there and, on that, and see and see if we can get somebody talking in English to us, you know, <laughs> um, uh, from Japan. Why not? Yeah, let's try that. Let's try that. I don't know mm -hmm. if you could. I don't know if you are willing to 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 write perhaps the names you had in mind, Florine, <laughs> but perhaps it would help, you know. Um, uh... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. I will Just... write some names on the conversation yeah. on the chat. Yeah, that, that, uh, good. So, yes, I I uh, I uh, know one guy from the Japanese demo scene, but I know like uh, Zavi from Control Alt Test um, work for Square Enix in Japan for many years. He's a French guy and French demo singer, and he, he knows a lot about Tokyo Demo Fest. So mm. I I encourage you to write. To him, so he speaks good English. No yeah, problem fine. with that. Okay. Good English, good Japanese, and good French. So as as we learned, I I don't even ask. I just talk. <laughs> <to people. laughs> that's and my that's my way of my way of approaching people. Um, um, even even if I'm even even if I'm told I'm rude, I don't really um, mind that. <laughs> And, and guys, as long as I reach my goal, I'm happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and guys, if you're if you're interested in doing um, maybe a primer on the demo scene, I, I think we now basically circle in the in the depth uh, at some extent and sure. and being very specific in some areas of for art of coding. Sure. If this is interesting to your audience, I think we will probably be able to assemble a, another round of, of sure, people who can also. If Tell a bit if, about their if, coding. If everybody is help, um, if everybody is agreeing on joining us again, sure. certainly. And certainly. we could actually yeah. do a video, proper video call with oh. demos and, and and stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that would yeah. warrant a, a video call. Then I think that. And yeah. and I'm waiting for the Game Boy demo on the on the cartridge <laughs> someday. Not I, I, expect little, I expect a little parcel from France there. <laughs> Yeah. I uh I, I hope to get it. Yeah, I I yeah, really yeah. want to do it and yeah. to finish. Well, well, uh, well uh, actually, actually, it's interesting. I mean, um, uh, AJ mentioned it. We had a couple of tries there, and people were were telling us, "No, I'm too young to talk about this topic," and 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 stuff. So, hmm, you know, and well, then some people were agreeing, and then in the last moment, changing their minds and saying, "No, find somebody else." Who can talk about this topic better than me? I'm like, what? So um, I'm really happy we, we got this mixed round and yeah. all those perspectives, newcomers, elite seniors. You know, I don't want to say old guys. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, none of us are old. We're all young, sprightly, well seasoned. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. Exactly. So I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really happy this finally happened. You know, uh, because Tobias was asking, "What took you so long?" It's, it's just humans are sometimes difficult, and they can change mind quickly. You know. Oh. Uh, that's... Especially these days, but uh, yeah, I think uh, now that the winter is over, vaccines are out. I I'm so much looking forward to the energy this will bring. And, and that's true. Twenty one and also twenty two. Uh, that's that's for sure. Okay, so but... we've already covered where people can go to find out about demo scene, the art of coding, and what you're doing. Where can people follow you guys individually? And I guess we'll just start with whoever wants to start. Uh, so people can follow me on Twitter 
at Flopin Yay. Yay! Flopin, yay! And also on Shader Toy at Flopin. I have a user account on Shader Toy when I put every shader I made with the code so it's open source to anyone who wants to play with it, use it, or whatever. I put it under the uh, based license from Shadow Toy, which is the Creative Commons Zero, I think, something like that. So you just have to uh, give credits. But. Hmm. You can do whatever you want with them. Cool. Okay. So um, I'm U-N-J-E-L-L-O, Angelo on Twitter. And um, I guess uh, anyone interested in the Polish application should also check out kskpd.pl. Uh, this is a website for our uh, Chronicles of Polish Demo Scene Association. For demo scene, so if you want to <clears throat> see at least the timely updates, I mean the Discord we covered already, but if you just want to follow it via Twitter, at least we have the big, bigger announcements there on the Twitter stream. That's also demo at demo scene underscore AOC for art of coding. So at demo scene underscore AOC and my own Twitter, which is a mix of game dev travel and demo scene is under at ddux, D-E-D-U-X. That's Tobias. Yes. Yeah, and uh, for Kudrix, it's uh, KudrixD at Twitter. So K-U-D-R-I-X-D. And uh, if you want to follow uh, the demo scene uh, and demo party Mountain Bytes in Switzerland, you should uh, look at the Twitter handle Backbytes, which is B-E-R-G-B-E-I-Z. So, and uh, there is another another one uh, for for the Echt site in Switzerland. But uh, if you follow this one, you have the chance to visit one of the, the next demo parties uh, coming up in early 2022. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's not yeah. make too much terrible terrible plans for this year yet, right? Yeah, we just postponed to next year. So yeah, that's why I was also was wondering awesome. if I should announce Evoke or not. Yeah, Evoke. Uh, <laughs> so it's at Evoke underscore EU. That's like the party run by Digital Culture EV for 20 years now. I know, I know. Uh, Martin Wisniewski, um, NotePond, yes, Note is one of our graphic guys. So I saw it on your website. Yes, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's fun. Yes, yeah. he is. You know, this is. We should, Jurg. Uh, we should actually uh, revisit the the Cookie Collective um, at some point in the future because I'm just looking at the Twitter for it and it looks really cool. Yeah, we do a lot of stuff that are really cool, in my opinion. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, we, we have a lot of people who are great, like a, a good community and people who do amazing stuff. Newson is part of the Cookie Collective, for example. Uh, Coltis and uh, Punk, who I think were, they were second in the 4K category in Evoke 2018 or 2017, something like that. Oh. So yeah, we have we have great great people. Yeah, yeah. Everybody is great except yeah. those people who are not great. You know? that, but that is I guess you guys are still in their 17 in in their mind. That's it's, it's it's a thing in all cultures. They're always nice people and not so nice people. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always like that. 
Okay, well, we already arranged. We will do a follow-up, speaking more about the demo scene in the future. So, hey, I'm looking forward seeing you all again at some point. And let's hope we all stay healthy until then. Yes, uh, Absolutely. this was, was really, yeah, time, time flew quickly. Perfect. Yeah, thank you for your time and your interest as well. So... No problem. Yeah, I talked about this with and with um with Andre so often, and then Corona came and was like, yeah, now is the perfect time, you know. Well, actually, I think we we discussed it end of 2019 already, perhaps. And then we we basically lost lost track throughout the year, and then we we revisited this uh, at uh, in our Christmas mails uh, in 2020, and mm. now we're here finally. <laughs> Exactly, 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 yeah. yeah. So ho hopefully see you guys sooner than two years from now. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely, yes. definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's the nice thing, right? <laughs> the story continues, we will have updates, and there's always yeah. more things to weave sure, in, actually. Sure. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All righty. Great. So I could, I could almost say good night for us Europeans here. Oh, my God. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your evening. Sleep on. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.